0: Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we explore the psychology, emotions, and math of money so you can make better, smarter choices regardless of where you are on the income and wealth spectrums. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons. And speaking of emotions, I suspect yours are running quite high right about now. Ah, deep breath. How are you doing? How's your anxiety level today? For the immediate future, I'm going to kick off each episode taking a few seconds to check in with you because, you know, the times in which we are living. I am recording this a few days after the unemployment numbers came out. As you probably know, those numbers ballooned by an additional 6.6 million on Friday. But due to the reporting time lag, plus those having difficulty filing for employment, this number is likely far higher. The COVID-19 numbers also aren't too encouraging. Cases in the U.S. are slightly over 330,000. Nearly half of that is in New York State. And nearly half of that number is in New York City. We still haven't reached the peak. They say this is like going to be one of the rougher weeks. But we still haven't reached the peak here in New York City, let alone gotten anywhere near flattening the curve. So if you don't live here or know anyone who does and are wondering, yes, it is stressful. It is a bit unsettling. And it is also a tad bit bleak. I am reminded of the African proverb that says, however long the night, the dawn will break. Let me say that again. However long the night, the dawn will break. And right now, the night sure seems long and getting longer. In moments like this, it's natural to feel fearful. It's understandable if self-doubt and pessimism seep in. In moments like this, It is often hard to remember that you've actually experienced some challenging times before and you survived. In moments like this, it's hard to remember that because we are so deep in this crisis and a crisis of this magnitude. And that's what makes moments like this extremely hard. They can hijack your attention and have you so focused on everything that is bad, that isn't going well, and that still may go wrong. Look, I am not here to be in your ear, to give you a hollow virtual pat on the back and say, everything will be okay. Nor am I here to suggest how you should feel. That would be woefully inappropriate as well as dismissive at any time, but especially now. However, (laughs) as long as you are healthy and capable, I am in your ear to ask you not to let the weight of the bleak numbers and news that is coming at you at full speed every single day, don't let that overtake you. Don't let what's bleak cause you to lose sight of the good that is yet still possible. And that's not me being Pollyanna-ish because, you know, I can sometimes (laughs) be a little overly optimistic, um, but this is not an example of that here. Look, you, me, everyone, we are all in recalibration mode regarding how we live, how we work, and how we socialize. The degree and the effects may not be felt equally. But no one is immune from having to make some adjustments. This pandemic and financial crisis is forcing us to. So no one is immune from that. And if you think about it, all the plans that you made in January or February, they have been interrupted. It's not to say that they still can't move forward, but they have certainly been interrupted. Those original plans, they have gone out the window. Poof. So with today's episode, I wanna share with you my recalibration process in case, you know, it might be one that you want to take on It may help you in some way, shape or form. And the first thing that you need to know is that for me, the recalibration process is a combination of getting practical and leaning into what's possible. The second thing you need to know is that I don't subscribe to making panic-driven decisions. So what does that mean? Don't panic buy. (laughs) You go to the store and all the toilet paper is gone. It's because a lot of people were panic buying. Don't panic sell, i.e. the stock market. Yes, in recent days, the stock market has been up. It's been up today. But you get my point. When the market is down, it's down for several days in a row, and you hear all of the you know, reports around, uh, we're going into recession territory. We are. But if you sell when the market is dipping like that, and you sell because you're panicking, not because you need liquidity, that's just not doing yourself any good. So don't panic sell. And then for those that are entrepreneurs and small business owners, don't panic price. Don't reduce your prices because of the moment that we're in. Reducing your prices does not make you a more empathetic person. It does not make you a more empathetic business owner. If you feel like you need to make something at a more quote-unquote accessible price point, then create something at that more accessible price point. But don't reduce the prices of what you currently offer and provide simply because of the moment that we're in. Not only does that have a negative impact on your bottom line, but it also has an impact whether you recognize it on, or not on your psyche and your emotional well-being too. I say all of this because the very nature of panic decision-making, it means that it isn't strategic. It's reacting to something bad that has happened and it's driven by worry of what may happen next. It sparks hoarding, i.e., the toilet paper, and or blindly following the herd. And it is steeped in fear and scarcity. And while it may help you to feel good in the short term, because you know you feel like you're in control, the effects aren't typically long term. Again, I understand the temptation, but we're going to be in this state that we're operating in for a very, very long time. And making decisions from a place of panic, that will just leave you exhausted. So keep this in mind as you recalibrate. Check in with yourself to make sure that you don't make panic-driven decisions. Check in to make sure that what you're doing today is actually setting you up to sustain yourself as we ride the wave of this crisis because we've got to get through it in order to get on the other side. And again, that's not, be, not, that's not being Pollyanna-ish. That's just, in my opinion, being practical. Um, but it's also you know, about embracing a possibility mindset. And speaking of being practical, a possibility mindset, the way I view it, entails getting practical and leaning into what's possible, doing both of those things simultaneously. And let me share an example for you, or yeah, let me share an example for you from my business to just kind of outline what that combination looks like. A little backstory. I had a virtual huddle with one of my business buddies. And we both live in hotspots. She lives in California. I live in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. As you may know, California has been on lockdown a little bit longer than we have, but we are all on lockdown. Um, And for both of us, our businesses shifted in March significantly. For me, it was March 12th, very poignantly. And it's because hosting in-person events and our speak engagements, they came to a complete halt and it was really interesting because i had this thought in the back of my mind and it was rather comforting in an odd way that she was thinking the same thing because what came about during our discussion is that we both estimated that it will likely be 12 to 18 months before those parts of our businesses get back to quote unquote normal so the idea of you know having a speak engagement where i'm flying you know getting on a plane and flying somewhere to speak at a conference That ain't happening, I don't think, anytime this year because New York and California and a couple of other places, Chicago, we're on lockdown now, but other places throughout the country are not. And so as we do, in in fact, hit the apex and then start to flatten out, other places are not on the same timeline. So when you think of that, are people really going to want to go to a conference and be in the same room with perfect strangers, not knowing what part of the country they're coming from and whether or not they've, you know, gone through the the, the waves, if you will? Probably not. So and, and you think about the fact that a, a, a vaccination is is not scheduled to be on the horizon for that timeline. It's really altering um, the event planning business and for those of us that have a speaking arm and for those of us that host events in person. So what does that mean? That means that I need to recalibrate aspects of my business accordingly. It means that she needs to do the same and let me just say as a sidebar if you don't have a crew that you can huddle with to brainstorm and strategize now is the time to form one or to join one. So in terms of getting practical and leaning into what's possible, the first thing that you've got to do is to get narrow. And so this is one of the first things that I am doing in terms of recalibrating. And if you've listened to previous episodes, you've likely heard me describe my business in, in, in this way. I provide coaching and I do that for singles, couples and entrepreneurs slash small business owners. I'm a for hire speaker and I host events. I've been asking myself a lot of what if and what would it look like types of questions regarding my coaching practice. Now you may think, well, wait a second. You just said that the major interruption was to the speaking arm of your business, and that is true. But I really don't have any control over that, right? What's going to shift that even further are things that I can't control. I can control, though, what I do in terms of my coaching practice. And so those questions, what if and what would it look like? That's what I've been noodling on for the last three weeks as it pertains to my coaching practice. And more specifically, I've been wondering, what would it look like if I worked only with entrepreneurs and small business owners? What would, that, what it, what would it look like if I did that doing either personal financial coaching or business and personal financial coaching. I haven't made a determination yet, but I'm noodling on what that would look like. Why? Because mainly 75% of my current coaching clients fit that profile. I'm either working with entrepreneurs or small business owners on their personal finances, or I'm working with them on business coaching and their personal finances. And a little tip here, this is the power of tracking. I know this because of the tracking that I do. So tracking is not just for counting the money coming in, but the money going out. Tracking is what has enabled me to take a full look at my client roster, coaching client roster, and see, like I said, 75% of them meet that profile of being entrepreneurs small business owners. So maybe for the time being, That's what I focus on exclusively. Again, don't know, but it's what I'm noodling on. But this is one way for me to respond to the shifts that are happening around me while still being of service and while still being in a position where I can take care of myself and my business and still be here through the crisis and then on the other side of it. Now, granted, your specific situation may not be similar to mine. But in what ways might you benefit from getting narrow professionally and or personally? So that's the first thing when it comes to recalibrating after making sure you don't make panic-driven decisions. The second thing is to expand. Now, I know you're like, wait, wait, what? (laughs) Because it probably sounds like a contradiction, but it isn't. And here is why. To me, expand is about the power of leveraging and collaborating. The potential collaborations um, that are on the table, as well as those that I'm already working on are, excuse me, are A, amazing, and B, they're with some pretty cool people and companies. I'm really excited about them. But here's the deal. All but three came about after March 15th. Another sidebar, relationships and strong connections matter. Nurture them in good and in challenging times. So I turn this back to you. With whom could you collaborate and what might that look like? What ideas have surfaced for you in this moment of time when you actually have a moment to let your mind relax um, and not be caught up in all of the stress? What ideas have come to you And who might you partner with on bringing those ideas to reality? And then here's the third thing in terms of getting practical and leaning into what's possible, i.e. recalibrating. Focus. But it is important to focus on the right thing. There are aspects of COVID-19 that feel very dystopian to me. They remind me of books written by one of my favorite sci-fi authors, Octavia Butler. And if you're not familiar with her, oh, I love her. One of my favorite books is Kindred. That has nothing to do with where we are right now, but it is amazing. And then the others would be, the others in terms of like what makes me think of this moment in time that we're in um, are the parable, the the parable trilogy, especially the parable of the sower. But here's my point, crises of this scope, they reorient everyone and everything, whether it's in fiction, i.e. Octavia Butler's books, or nonfiction, i.e. the reality in which we're living right now. But in the process of this reorienting, all kinds of things get revealed. It reveals what some already knew. It reveals what others knew but just chose to ignore. And it also reveals what a smaller few are just now discovering. Seemingly overnight, and whew, man, has this been a long three weeks. March has brought into sharper focus the harsh realities about the financial vulnerabilities in some of our households, in some of our businesses of all sizes and types, but especially service-based ones and of course, the financial vulnerabilities of our government. And I know that there's stimulus package and all of that is out there. And that's fantastic. It needs to, you know, be even better, especially for small businesses, given that small businesses employ the majority of us, um, of people. And um that they're the ones that are suffering the most. I walked I live in Park Slope and I walk down, you know, one of the major avenues, Seventh Avenue, and it's it, avenues and it's just like I cannot believe the number of stores that are closed and have been since uh March fifteenth in some instances. What I'm really interested in, and I'm doing a little bit of an ad lib here, Um, what I'm really interested in is seeing how the conversation around personal finance and personal finance responsibility or the scope of someone's responsibility, how does that change? Because when you have millions of people now without a job due to no fault of their own, how do you then say, that people are irresponsible and that's why they're in the situation that they're in. So I don't have an answer to how things are going to change, but I'm really curious to see how they, how they've changed. But back to my original point here, <laughs> um, in terms of things that get, that get, you know, revealed when things get reoriented, you know, this has also just highlighted how frail our healthcare system truly is, especially for more, already, you know, people that are already marginalized. And my heart goes out to all of those families that have lost a loved one, because all deaths are heart-wrenching, especially if they could have been avoidable. Yet the data that is coming out about the number of COVID cases killing Black people specifically, whew, That is that just really kind of takes your breath away, and that might not be the appropriate phrase to say given what COVID does. Um, But I can't think of anything right now other than that. It's just really, really heart wrenching. And I guess that doesn't need to go without saying that you know, in terms of reorienting and what it reveals. In this case, it's it's for. Some of, for some of us, we've known this all along. For others, they're really figuring out for the very first time that there are some elected officials that simply do not care. And so I hope that if you sat on the sidelines in November of 2016, that you will not. And if you did not, you did vote then, that you will do whatever you can to make sure other people vote too, because that's the only way this stuff is going to change. But here's my whole point in parking there for a moment. In the midst of all of this bleakness, it is hard not to focus on the gloom. And yet, that is precisely what is required of us to believe in what's possible and what's good. It's up to us. It's our responsibility to take on the challenge of walking that tightrope of being practical by acknowledging the day-to-day realities while also focusing our attention on what's possible. So again, my ask, stated differently this time, take care of yourself so you can hold on to hope. Remember the strength that you discovered the last time that you went through a crisis and as important, find gratitude in the smallest and simplest of things and moments. Because when we get on the other side of this pandemic and financial crisis, things will be different. It's up to us, though, to make them different and better. Let me say that again. It is up to us, each of us, individually and collectively, to make them different and better well, that's all I got for you today. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way until the end. And please, please stay safe, stay well, and stay healthy, not just physically, but in spirit too. Take care of yourself, take care of your family and your loved ones. And likewise, please share this episode so that we can reach more people. And whatever platform that you listen to this, please share it with others. And if there is anything that I can do to support you, please don't hesitate to reach out. And the best place to do that is to send me a direct message on Instagram. Oh, and one more thing before I go. You've likely have heard me mention the Comfort Circle dinner Comfort Circle dinners that I host. Um, You've probably heard me mention that in other episodes. Well, they will now be virtual until further notice because, you know, COVID. Um, So if if you've ever wanted to join a dinner, but you don't live in New York City, well, now you can. And the next one is Monday, April 27th at 6.30 p.m. And the theme is Maximizing Your Side Hustle. To learn more and to RSVP, go to jaquettetimmonscom forward slash comfort dash circle. Again, jaquettetimmonscom forward slash comfort dash circle. Once more, many thanks for tuning in to today's episode. And until next time, remember, it's about more than money.